I miss a green, for example, I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg. Fried egg. The dreaded fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg lie. I'm about ready to run off the golf course. Welcome back to another edition of the Fried Egg Podcast. Uh, today's episode is with me and Garrett Morrison. We are really excited, and this episode is going to go into great detail about this. We are launching a new membership called Club TFE. Um, this is kind of the next iteration of the Fried Egg. We are not going to be changing really anything about what we do um, as far as what you've come to expect. Uh, we'll have our newsletters. We'll have our podcasts as we've always had them, what we're doing is launching a membership for people that want more from us. Um, so it's going to be called Club TFE. It is available today to join. We will have a few things for members in the coming weeks, but it officially launches on January 2nd. So you're probably wondering, what is Club TFE? And we will talk in depth about all of these different aspects that I'm about to list off with Garrett. Um, but I just wanted to give you a brief overview right off at the top. Um, Club TFE, what you'll get as a member is a weekly course review and rating. So we will go in depth and break down a different golf course every week and uh, assign a rating to it. There will be a new Club TFE blog. So that will be a blog that has updated posts regularly. Uh, again, we'll talk more about this with Garrett. A monthly virtual hangout with the fried egg staff, a monthly member-only video, early access to the fried egg events, 10% off the fried egg pro shop, and an annual gift. So that is the, as it stands today, offerings of Club TFE. We have some big plans and hoping to do more and more as the year goes on, but that's what we're promising today. And you get all this for $120 a year. So that's the price. Obviously, what that comes out to is about 10 bucks a month. Uh, so we'll be doing it on an annual basis. As uh, I mentioned, you can sign up for this now. You can go to thefriedegg.com slash membership. And that's where you can sign up and find more information about that. Obviously, we will talk, uh, Garrett and I, about this in great length as well. As a few other things in this podcast, we're going to talk about the history of the fried egg as a company and how the golf media landscape has evolved since I uh, started this thing seven years ago. Kind of crazy how quick time goes by. So I think this was a pretty interesting conversation. Those are the basics of Club TFE. Obviously, none of this would be able to happen without the support of you guys, uh, listeners and readers. I, I really appreciate it. I'm thrilled about Club TFE and and what we could build there. What we're trying to do is really, you know, bring our community closer together and provide you guys with more content and more offerings from us. So, as I mentioned before, uh, if you want to learn more, go to thefriedegg.com slash membership. And that's where you'll find all the information about that. And thank you guys so much for all the support over the years. This, uh, this has been an amazing ride, and we just hope to make it better and better with, uh, with this new platform. Thanks. 
first of all, Andy, what specifically does Club TFE offer? What what are the what's the content that we're making paid content that is again in addition to the free content that we've always done? Yeah, I think at at the heart of um of Club TFE, somebody is uh, I think the question I get asked maybe the most the two questions there it's two part question that I get asked the most is uh what's what are your favorite courses and then followed immediately by what when I answer when when's the Friday going to have golf course ratings right when's your top 100 coming out so you know I I've needed to see a lot of stuff and one of, you know, we've been, I've been thinking about the golf course rating standpoint um, and rank. It's not a ranking. We're, we're going to rate golf courses. And um, you know, one of the, that's something I've been thinking about for the last five years, um, how we would do it differently and how we would uh, present it. I think the thing that I want to really provide um, and what I think we can provide is, is unbelievable course reviews and write-ups that that give you all the information if you're want, a person that wants information about a course before you play it public or private that you know you're armed and when you go to that golf course you're really going to appreciate your day out there because you're going to have a baseline of information that makes you um, understand the golf course more before you get there um, and then we're going to come up we have a uh, a rating scale and uh I am going to write a blog post about that, but um, it'll be... Because it needs a, a description. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It'll we're, be a uh, one, two, or three egg rating. Right. So, we're, we're doing it in a unique way. We're not doing like a rating out of 10 or a rating out of 100. You know, uh, we're, we're, you know, if you give, if you get a one egg rating as a golf course, that's something really special. Mm-hmm. That That's the basic idea. We don't need to go into detail about it. Yeah, my my thoughts on ratings are like their courses are in buckets, and you know, you, you, if you ask me what what is your favorite golf course, it's like, well, what what am I in the mood for? And mm-hmm. that's what I want the ratings to represent. Um, so we're going to do a weekly course review. That's something that we've, you know, we haven't done as many course reviews as we used to do because of time, um, effort, how much effort goes into those course reviews. And this is something that paves the way for us to do these more. Um, another big part of this membership is going to be the Club TFE blog. And I think this is something that you are probably most excited about. Um, so I'll I'm let you kind of explain this. it. I'm also excited about the course reviews, obviously, because I got my start in golf media doing golf architecture writing. And so I think that giving ourselves an incentive to do more golf course architecture writing is going to be great because right now that's not strongly incentivized. And, and, and that's a part of the discussion of the overall media landscape that we're going to have in this podcast. But yeah, weekly course review. And just to be clear, folks, you know, initially this isn't going to be like a big battery of course reviews right away. We're building it up over time. We're doing one a week and it's going to get bigger and bigger. But yeah, we're not delivering a database or an encyclopedia immediately. That's what we're building towards. So Club TFE blog. Uh, Essentially, this is what it sounds like. It's a blog. It's going to be on various topics 
there's going to be some golf architecture. There's going to be some discussion of the PGA tour. There's going to be short posts. There's going to be long posts. There's going to be some jokey writing and there's going to be some serious, excellent writing. It's going to be a mixture of all of those things. And part of this blog is that there's going to be a comment section. And this is where, you know, club TFE members can kind of respond to content that's going up uh, on the membership site and where they can, you know, discuss among themselves things that are brought up on the blog. So why I'm why I'm really excited about this is that blogging has kind of gone away in a lot of ways in internet culture. I mean, there's still blogs out there, but they've lost their centrality to internet discourse in a big way. They've been a lot of their functions have been replaced by social media and by podcasts. And I like social media sometimes. I really like podcasts. I think those are good additions to the internet landscape, but I really miss blogs. I think that blogs brought a lot to internet life. And when they became kind of an unsustainable business model, when the business model that supported the blogging industry early on shifted and went to other things, I think we really lost something. We lost some really good writing. We also lost some really bad writing. This is not to say that all blogs were good, right? Like 99% of blogs were pretty bad, but there was a 1% of blogs out there that was just, that were brilliant and that brought a lot to my life, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And part of what we're hoping to do with this membership is to reintroduce some good, fun writing into what we do on a daily basis and to have a nice lively comment section, you know, uh, like think of the, the old deadspin comment section, the old deadspin comic session uh, had, had some, had some issues. I, I don't want to shy away from that, but it was also like a really fun place. And so we're trying to create some of that culture within the membership. That's the club TFE blog. Yeah. And I think like a way to think about it too, is like it, in a way it, it the comment section is going to enable this, this blog, like, and it, and some of the posts are going to be like kind of thought starter posts, like mm-hmm. ways to create almost like a daily guided discussion, um, where it can be a topic on a golf architecture topic. It could be something about the PGA tour, but the idea of, you know, there are going to be essays that are going to be, you know, well thought out written takes on on different things but there are also going to be days where it's really like you know so many times i think about stuff that's like you know i this isn't a take and and i think this is one of the things that's happened with with writing on the internet is it's always got to have a take but some of i think the most powerful stuff is just asking a question mm-hmm. and you know it coming to a question of like is this what do you think? Like, is that, do you like this trend of, of this? Like, is this a good thing? Like a, a good example of this would be like, I don't think I have a take on it yet. It hasn't been finished, but like, you know, what, how would everybody feel about more Lido's? You know, is that a good thing? Right. What do you think about AI and golf course design? Yeah. Like, I don't know what my take is, but it seems like that's going to be something that's going to become a bigger trend in golf architecture. And, and like, I think there's things that are cool about it, but there are also like, I don't think I necessarily want to have like, you know, the next generation of golf architects, like not, you know, recreating courses and not 
building fresh ideas, you know, right? right? right. Or, or designing on a computer as opposed to designing on land. Yeah, I, I think, you know, part of what you're saying that resonates with me is that the take economy implies that everybody has it all figured out, that the, yes. that the take givers have a settled opinion and they're delivering it to you. And often that is so false, right? And, you know, we don't have everything figured out. And part of why blog culture was fun a lot of the time was that it didn't end with the post itself. There was that comment section and that ongoing discussion. That's not a feature of podcasts. And so what we're hoping is that that comment section can be a healthy place to discuss things. Because right now, you know, the place to discuss things is Twitter, it's Instagram, it's social media sites that have some major problems with toxicity. And, you know, that's that's not going to be the vibe in, in the Club TFE blog. We're not going to be big enough to let in all the all the toxic stuff. So it should be it should be a really fun place to have conversations. Yeah. So moving on to other yes. things that we're going to. So gonna we've done do. the, we've done the weekly course review. We've done the Club TFE blog. We can go through the other ones fairly quickly because they're I think they're pretty self-explanatory. But what, what are the other features of the Club TFE membership? We're going to have early event access. So a week ahead of our our public registration for TFE events, which have been very popular. We did, I think, 12 of them last year. We're planning to do around that number next year. We will have early access for Club TFE members to those events. Um, obviously, some of these events sell out in, in two minutes. Um, and and what we want to do is we want for the people that are supporting us, we want to give them a, a head start at getting into the events that they want to get into. Um, also, we will have a monthly uh, member only video. So these will cover wide ranges of topics. Um, we last year hired Cameron Hurtis, who's really taken our video um, platform, our YouTube channel to a new level. What we want to do for members is provide more video. We have a huge library of um, golf uh, video of golf courses and, and topics of architecture and that we want to dive into. And uh, this is a another reason to do more of that. Um, so we will do a monthly uh, video for members only. Um, they will be posted on the Club TFE blog. So that'll be exciting. That, I mean, I think off the bat, it'll probably be a lot of golf architecture stuff. But um, like we said, you know, we envision this becoming more and more um, as it grows and as we as it evolves. So those videos will be member they'll be member only and then uh every month we will do a kind of a digital Q&A hangout so the software that we've been using for a couple years Riverside it's been underused i think we did it once with a shotgun start during a major during yeah. like i think a weather delay we had yes. one it was fun so we yeah it was you you and you and Brendan yeah, and yeah. we had uh, we had a, a few call-ins we had it, yeah. it was fun so we can do these digital hangouts where People, it can be like live Q and A sessions. People can call in, um, and and they're really fun, interactive, and we're gonna do one of those once a month. And you know, it'll be kind of like no questions off limits for the most part. Maybe there are some off limits questions, but um, you'll have if you can't make it, you'll have the opportunity to submit questions beforehand. And then if you can't make it, we will obviously post the audio and and or video uh, to. 
the Club TFE blog for people to digest uh, on their own time. So that will be uh, once a month, and that will be just like almost like an additional Q&A podcast. And then uh, one other piece is we'll just have a constant 10% off uh, discount in the fried egg pro shop. The neat thing with this is obviously if you know from the standpoint of like if you're looking if you were if you've been eyeing prints or something and just use this as an example but if you've been eyeing like hey I want to redo my office and you buy some prints you get 10% off you you're clawing back your investment in the fried egg with every time you purchase something or want to purchase something I'm not saying you have to but it's just an added perk right we want to give you a little bit of a uh, a thank you for for your investment in in our membership that we hope to really grow the company with so that will be all the time and then uh, and then finally we'll do an annual member gift. So that'll just get mailed out to your your address on file, and uh, it'll be just a another thank you, and that'll be you know Club TFE uh, branded and uh, and sent out directly to you. So that's the offering as of now. As I've said a few times in this, like we envision this becoming much more, and we're really excited about it. Um, and and you know I think you know from day one to where we are this time next year, uh, I think it'll grow a lot, and uh, we're we're really excited about about this. And uh, I probably said excited about twenty times mm-hmm. right now. Um, you're thrilled. So thrilled. I got to think you're, about you're cinema. jazzed. Yeah. You're, but yeah, we'll come up with some other ones. But that's the the basics of Club TFE. Weekly course review and rating, Club TFE blog, monthly virtual hangout, monthly video, early access to TFE events, 10% off the TFE Pro Shop annual member gift. That's the list right now. How much is it per year? Uh, It is $120 per year. Okay. Are we selling out? Is this a crooked money grab? Why are we doing this? I I don't think we're selling out. If anything, we're doing the opposite. I I think the... The number one thing when I when I started the fried egg that I wanted and that I saw an issue with in golf media was the lack of independence, and I don't think that's necessarily uh, much better. Obviously, there are some some like no laying ups a good example of a of a independent uh, another, but there's you know I think that if anything like what live and in, in the PGA Tour has reminded us of is like how little independence there are is in in larger endemics and and one of the reasons that we are doing this is to have the ability to grow our team to where we want to get to like we we have very high ambitions of what we what we can provide you know for people that love golf and we want to keep doing that and and in order to reach our goals of what we can do um in golf coverage we have to grow our team and and one of the reasons that we're doing this is is so we can invest back into our team, um, it, so that we can continue to add talent and produce more content. And that doesn't mean just like more paid content. That's more free content. What 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 we want to do is do more. We have a lot of ideas. We have hundreds of content ideas, if not thousands, that we want to do. But our our biggest issue at this point as a company is a lack of bandwidth. Like, you know, we have we have six staff members with me, me and you included. Right. And and, like and if people that, think that's a lot, just keep in mind we don't have a hidden army of people who edit our stuff and people who post our stuff to the website or to the podcast feed. 
we do all of that ourselves right now, right? Anybody who's a a publicly known member of the fried egg, and, and that's pretty much all of us, that, that's all we are right now. So, you know, in terms of that, like what what this does is, you know, it, it provides us the opportunity to to reinvest in our team and grow and add like people want more and and this is the ability to do that. Um the best way for us to provide more is to be able to add talent and and support for our for our teams. Um so so that's a big reason and I you know, I don't think it's selling out like the big thing I I I think we were all as a team very steadfast on was attempting to not take away anything from what we already provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the Friday podcast that you're listening to right now is going to continue to come out at a rate of like six to eight a month, depending on the time of year. Shotgun Start is coming out three times a week. The newsletter is coming out three times a week. That's the that's the core offering. We're also going to keep doing the stuff that we've been doing on the website and on on YouTube. But uh yeah, we're not we're not putting anything behind a paywall with this. Uh, so that's important to note. Now, I, I want to say something about why I'm excited about the membership model. And that is because what this kind of su- subscriber-driven thing does is it aligns our incentives as content makers with those of the audience in a much better way, I think, than the general model of the public internet does right now. Um, take Cameron Hurtis's videos, for instance, that we've posted on YouTube. They're brilliant. They're intricately crafted. They're really artful. But those videos don't necessarily do better in the YouTube algorithm than things that are made in a much more kind of haphazard, quick way. But you know who appreciates the videos that Cameron Hurtis makes are fried egg listeners, viewers, readers, people who really like that stuff. And what we think that the membership model can do is encourage us to do great, well thought through content as opposed to stuff that just kind of does numbers, right? That just kind of drives traffic. We would prefer to do stuff that's well-crafted and that we think is a good product and I think that this is the best way that we can be allowed to do that, both in the membership and also publicly. Yeah. And, and to give people an idea, this is a little like inside baseball, like running a media company. But like there are a couple ways in which you could grow your team and provide more content, content to people. Um, one of them would be you could sell more sponsorships. And obviously, like that's something that we're still going to try and do because we want to provide more free content and, and sponsorships and advertisers and partners are a great are a great avenue for that. And we have great partners, like people that really allow us to do some great stuff. You know, but we would need a lot more partners and not every partner is a great partner. Like what happens a lot of times with partnerships is that you're you're they want specific types of content, you know, um, uh, come attend this tournament and do something on this tournament, uh, come attend X, Y, and Z and do something on this. And like that, that's great and all, but that's where you, you begin to lose your independence. 
Um, that's because, you know, like we're going to still attend the major, like I, the thing that I really think where I want to go attend golf tournaments is majors, right? Um, you know, what would be more valuable for our, for our core audience, me attending a B list PGA tour event, because we're getting paid money by a sponsor to go to that, to that event or me going and, and seeing a bunch of new golf courses in, in the UK or something and providing like insights into what we thought about golf courses. You know, you uh, uh, different listeners would have different opinions, but I think where most would fall would be like, I'd rather see them go, you know, discover some golf courses that I might go see at some point in my lifetime, you know, uh, versus covering said tournament. Uh, so, with that, like that's one avenue, and and we're still going to have advertisers and advertising on on our free channels. Like that's that doesn't mean that's going to end. But like advertising, finding great partners isn't like an easy thing to do. No. And the the ones we have are fantastic and have allowed us to do what we want to do. Sometimes incredibly so, right? Like I can't believe that you know we we got an advertiser to buy into some particular project that we've done. So so we have found those sponsors, but the thing is, we turn away a lot of sponsors because a lot of other ones kind of want us to do particular things when it comes to content. And so the ones that we have, you know, you're hearing from that sponsor because they've allowed us independence. That's, that's the red line, but behind the scenes, there's a lot of sponsors who, you know, would prefer content that's more along what they envision. And, and so that's the, that's the issue with the completely ad supported content operation. Am I right about that? Yeah, it's the tricky thing. And you see you see these challenges with a lot of outlets, right? You know, yeah. like, I mean, uh, I think Golf Channel and the PGA Tours partnership, uh, in a yeah, way, like a, a rights partner, example. rights partner versus and that's like, listen, they're a rights partner, they have to be that way, but they can't be an independent outlet because of that. You know, they can't talk about certain things that happen on the PGA Tour because of that. Um, and what we want to do, and you know, I, I think like, I, I can say this with real confidence. Like, I don't want to do this if we can't say what we really believe about things. And I think, I hope everybody that has been a listener and a reader for a long time um, believes when I say that. Like, I think like we've, we've pretty much spoken our mind about every single topic that comes up. And like, I don't try and sugarcoat things. I try and and say exactly what I think. And if the day when we don't do that is probably the day when I have no interest in doing this anymore. Um, so with that, like the, another option would be to raise outside capital and grow that way. And that's something that we, you know, have, have discussed and might potentially still do, but, but that's not something we're doing to date. So it leaves you with like, okay, like a mem uh, the membership and a, 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 you know, reader and, and listener supported model is the best way to grow your team in a sustainable way without giving up, you know, all of your voice and your potential integrity, like, and also providing the content that, you know, the readers want more of that maybe an advertiser is not going to buy. You know, that's the other aspect of this is that like, we want to provide content that are, we know our readers and listeners want. And that's going to be part of this too, is like, you know, what, what people want 
is going to shape what we're doing in this membership. Mm -hmm. We obviously, I think I have, we and our team has good instincts on what what you guys want, but we will listen and and take feedback and and produce con- more content. Or if you if there's things that we aren't covering that you want more of, we will we will strive to do that. Um, and that's the the ex- exciting thing on top of what this membership from a community sense like we we do. We really like. I think that's been one of the most rewarding aspects of of um, since I started this that I never imagined that it being was the community that's been built around, you know. And when we go to these, when we go to our events, and like the people we meet, you know, you see these these strangers that become like really good friends by the end of the day, and you see people that had never met um, in the morning are setting up golf for when they're back home in in a couple weeks, right? That's the the rewarding thing and we want to create something that can foster even more community and we believe that this membership can do that. Cool. All right, so that's Club TFE. Um why don't we rewind a few years? I I kind of just wanted to do a review of the fried egg to this point. You know, I know you've told this story in a few places, but I don't think that you've done that in full on this podcast, really, really talked about how you started this company and how you built it. I think Club TFE is a major moment in this company's history. We're moving towards something new um, and we're doing well right now, uh, but we're trying to add to that with this. So I thought it would be a good time to kind of rewind and and you know figure out where this started. So uh, why did you start the fried egg? Where were you at in your life and, you know, what possessed you to like start the company? Yeah. Um, so I was a, um, I was a golf nut. Um, I was a member at a club in Chicago. I was working in, in the tech world there. It was called uh, Built In and it was a, it's like a, a, a hybrid media slash media company that had this job board. Um, and w- we had these sites local sites in in different cities that had big tech scenes it still exists today you could go to builtin.com and see it but um you know i was working there and that's where i learned a lot about media but i was uh and you know as i learned more and more about media i wasn't a writer or anything i was i was a business guy and um i i just started to think more and more about golf and and other sports media and how Nothing was really curtailed to like what I as like a a devoted golfer wanted. Um, you know, I played every weekend. I watched tournament golf, and I would read. I'd read articles and on the L going into work on a daily basis, and be like, "Why? Why did I just spend like three minutes reading this? Like five minutes reading this? Like this? I just <laughs> didn't get anything from the glory this. days uh, of blogging, as we were talking about earlier." <laughs> and so, um. You know, I I kind of got a lot of ideas from what we were doing at Built In, or and some of what we weren't doing um, at Built In that that got shot down. Like I was a, a avid podcast listener, um, and uh, I was I really believed in in the newsletter concept that uh, companies like the Skim and the Hustle had um, had developed and were at their somewhat early parts of their um, existence. I I like that 
kind of email that's delivered right into your inbox that has all the content in it so you don't have to click out to like some article and you don't get served five ads is like oh i can just like read this email and be set i know what's going on um if i miss something so that was kind of like the basis and that's how the friday started i had a i i told a friend of mine um who was a founder of a company and a really big golf nut his name's andy mack uh, I said I sat in his office. We were talking about a couple things, uh, a couple business things, and um, and I told him I was like, I got this idea for this business, and he was like, you know, Andy, I, like I, I spent the last like I spent six months before I started the company that he had founded at the that time. I spent six months making sure everything was perfect, dotting all these eyes, crossing all these T's, and like the best thing I can tell you is just start doing it. Don't worry about it being perfect day one, launch it and and let it go from there and see what people think because that's going to be the most valuable, most you know important feedback that you're going to get. So that day, I like I went into work and I didn't work and I I was at this point an awful writer, horrendous like like no, no background no background in writing yeah and like widely known as like very bad at writing emails. <laughs> So, you, had, like, you had a, a reputation yeah. as, as a guy who wasn't the guy to write emails. Well, and I worked at a company with writers and editors. And like, you know, <laughs> they, so there's a lot of, it was funny when I started to tell people that I started this thing, they're like, wait, what? You're writing? <laughs> um, so anyways, I went to work that day and I just wrote a newsletter. And and thankfully, uh, Kaylee, my wife, is uh, it was a journalist journalism major and she edited it. And I mean, she... She didn't know anything about golf. The first first newsletter, it took her, I think, like two hours to edit, and she she at one point was in tears <laughs> over over the writing. <laughs> so that was our humble beginnings. It went out to ten people, and uh, and the list grew from there. It was like friends and family, and then and then the next email I sent to like basically every email I could find in my in my email history that was somebody that I had played golf with or knew they were really into golf. And I, I sent all of them like an email beforehand. And then that's what launched it. I think it was like 200 people got that second email and then we were off and going. And um, it became just kind of like a pet side project for, for a number of months. And eventually I quit my job and, um, and started just going and jumped off the cliff. And, uh, and it was, it was, you know, those, those early days were, were crazy, you know, I, I, in a way, and one of the things that appeals to me about this membership is like one of the, my favorite things about the first couple years of the fried egg, really like the first, you know, two years is like every day I would wake up and it'd be like, okay, what am I going to write about today? Or what am I, you know, like, and in a way like, and this is something that happens when you're, when businesses grow is that like you have I have a lot more responsibilities now than I had then in terms of what I have to do for the business and you know we we obviously have a staff and and like my day is only partially devoted to content but like I think one of the beauties of this membership is that it 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 adds more uh emphasis to my daily basis on producing content and waking up and like I think that's the beauty of that club tfe blog waking up and you know what what do I want to talk about today 
is, is a is a is a beautiful. It was a, it was a, it was simple. I had like no money. I was making nothing, um, and I was like sitting in my apartment. My my, my wife uh, at the time, I think she was my fiance. Um, she would she would go to work, and it would be me and the dog just sitting in the apartment all day. Like, what are we going to write about today? At what point did you start doing golf architecture content? Because the early newsletter wasn't necessarily focused on golf course architecture, right? That wasn't really no. a a baked-in concept in the business. So what made you start writing about golf architecture? And, and you know, that eventually became kind of one of your calling cards or, or your early major calling card. So um, when you're a startup, I, I, I – my content strategy was like if I'm if I'm generally interested in something, there has to be thousands of other golfers interested in that same topic. Like that was my theory about content, um, and and so that was kind of like and I had always been really interested my whole life in golf architecture. I grew up caddying, like as Tom Doak says, like caddies have are would make like the best golf architects because they, in some sense, because they like navigate a wide range. Like if you go caddy for a, like a senior or uh, a a woman or a junior who hits a lower trajectory shot, you know, you understand hazards and strategy and how to get around them. Like if you're a good caddy, like it, just innately, because that's what you're doing is you're like trying to like navigate around the golf course and get, your player into a position where they can attack, you know? And so I had been reading golf club Atlas when I, from like when I was in college and, um, I was always really interested in it. And, and so we had started the website, we had moved from, you know, obviously the, just the newsletter at the start, but we had launched a website where we wrote, cause like the website's purpose. When I started, I was like, well, like I need to get people to sign up for the newsletter so I'm going to write blogs that then make people want to sign up for the newsletter. Yes. So that, you know, that was all it centered a, around the newsletter. I yes. think the podcast started kind of in a similar way, right? You were like, I need, I need more avenues for getting people to sign up for the newsletter. Exactly. So that was the idea. And, and then, you know, with, with the blog, it, it gave me the ability to write about more topics, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and golf architecture was one that I always was interested in. And, and I, I was like, you know, I think, I think people would be super interested in it. And outside of golf club Atlas, there wasn't really anything on the internet that, that was like writing about golf architecture at that point. Right. You know, and, and some of the legacy magazines had golf course writers would have, you know, one or two, maybe golf course or travel writers, they would have their top 100 lists. But as far as like in-depth golf architecture content was concerned that focused on like the design of golf holes, there wasn't like a whole lot out, out there aside from Golf Club Atlas. Golf Club Atlas was was different. And so this was a kind of area where, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it would have been hard to notice that there was an appetite for this kind of content yes, because it was so rare for it to exist on the internet. That's the thing. And that's what everybody said to me at the beginning when I started writing about it. They're like, well, you can't build a company that writes about golf architecture and make it. There's not enough people. That's what everybody always used to say. There's not enough people. 
And I think like where I was different and I think one of the beautiful things, so this is a, like a challenge, honestly, like I think about this a lot and what makes it a little bit harder at this point to write for, um, f- write about golf architecture is like in the beginning, it was like I wrote as I was learning, you know, I was learning stuff and it was kind of like me writing and taking people along for the ride you know, there was like this, uh, I go back and read it now and I kind of like cringe a lot, but it was like <laughs> this, um, this, like it was me learning, mm-hmm. you know, you, you weren't talking down to people. I think that's yes. a big deal that you weren't, you know, delivering insights and knowledge from on high because you were learning this stuff at essentially the same time that you were writing it. Mm-hmm. And, and like now it's like some of the things like, you know, I, you look at things and and you're like, well, like the things that I look at and care most about, nobody will care about, you know? So it's like going back to like kind of that base level is always a, a, an important, important aspect of, of, of it. Um, but yeah, that, so I started, it was funny. I wrote this article, um, on Dan Holt. Yeah. And, um, my wife was like, I mean, she was, she, she edited everything. I mean, <laughs> just think of anybody that's got a partner. Yeah. that doesn't know anything or like golf. <laughs> like she was editing everything. I mean, it's like a, a comical thing to think back to. She, I mean, like she was in this, she was working, you know, hours a week on this thing too, like in, in an editing capacity. Cause I could, nothing I wrote could go out on editing. <laughs> like, like nothing. <laughs> so like, she's reading this about Redan holes and she's like, this is the most boring thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> And and then I posted it. I think I posted it on the fourth of July, and it was like <laughs> great day to post it. Yeah, know, it's awful holiday. Like, <laughs> histor- like if you web traffic day, like one of the worst days in the, of the year that you can post something on the on a, on the web and expect to get traffic. Yeah, and it was like our website at for their that day's like that point standard like exploded, and there was so much interest in it. Um, I bet if you found the tweet of us tweeting it out, you know, uh, in the archives, like, you know, there was a lot of retweets. It was like a, this article and it, in what it did to me, it was crystallized. Like, you know what? Like it was, it went back to the belief. Like I really, li- I like golf architecture. I'm super interested in this and other people are too, you know, like that's the the thing. If like you're super into golf and I, I give this advice to a lot of people that ask me for advice if they they're trying to get in and break in is like, don't look at what other people do and do and try and be them. Like you can't look at no laying up and be like, oh, we're going to be just like no laying up They're They have their own personal style. Mm-hmm. What you have to do like this was a, a great, le- I guess, like example of that is like write about what you care about and like because if you're really like a golf nut and you have like things that you're passionate about there are other people that are passionate about those same exact things or or you can recruit them into your passion yes because the the key is that enthusiasm people detect that they know it when they see it it's rare and so people are attracted to it and I think that that's part of what happened with golf architecture. I think there was a, I think there was a kind of silent majority of people who were already interested in it and that there were more people out there 
than maybe we assumed. But there were also people who became interested in it because they noticed, you know, the passion that was starting to build up around it. And I think that's one of the most kind of surprising and fun things that's happened on the golf internet in, in the past several years is, is that building of a community around people who are generally getting into the weeds about golf course architecture. Um, that's not to say that this, uh, it's the first time that this has happened anywhere. Uh, you know, we've mentioned golf club Atlas a couple of times. want to be clear that a, a lot of this stuff happened in its own way there, but, uh, there has been something in the past few years when, when, you know, uh, more people have just gotten into it. Yeah, I think I mean one of the big things was making everything accessible and inclusive and open. Right. Um because you know, I like Golf Club Atlas and I like would I would I I figured out when I was in college how to use their message board. Their message board has some of the most amazing information about like, you know, in its heyday when they had a lot of the great historians yes. posting there when Tommy Nakarado was active when right, right. when Tom Paul was yeah. posting on there. Tom their Paul, to, yeah, Thomas yeah. McWood. Uh-huh. Um, like the, the, these the guys, Thomas McWood, sadly, but man, he he's done some of the best golf history architecture writing in, in ever. The treasure troves of information on that on that message board, um, incredible. But like you know, like I'm a Golf Club Atlas member now, but I I had no hope of of being a Golf Club Atlas member. Uh huh. Until I it it was the, it was this closed off like I couldn't get on there and p- ask questions for right. you know Tom Doak or like there you know there, there's great things about it but like one of the big issues was it wasn't inclusive at all it was closed off it was like you have to know somebody who can get you a a, a login and and you know and then you might get one you might not and 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 I wasn't that person at this point you know i think that that was like one of the other things i think there was i was extremely naive to the golf world um when i started it and and um you know i didn't know anybody in the golf industry you know i was just a golfer and um and i think like as you get into it like you realize like how how connected everything is and how small the golf world is but I think that was one of the things uh, about starting it as a outsider and like being extremely naive was was actually a huge benefit because I like, you know, I didn't understand how difficult the the job and, and building this would be. Um, but I was like very enthusiastic and passionate about it because I love golf so much. Right. Well, OK. So on that theme of not really knowing what's going to happen next and maybe acting naively in a good way um, because you, you, you didn't know how, how difficult it would be. You started the shotgun start with Brendan Porath in late 2018. I believe it was. It was September, I think. September. Okay. 2018, three days a week podcast. I think that this is a big turning point in the fried egg as a company. I feel like things sort of snowballed. Well, you're just glossing that. over when we hired you. Was that 2019? No, that was 2019. That was post shotgun start. My theory is that like you started the shotgun start and and the company shifted and eventually you needed to hire somebody and and you you hired me. But so so what do you remember about how things started to change after you started the shotgun start? What did the fried egg 
evolve into because you know okay just to you've you've given an idea of what the fried egg was like early on when it was a one person operation with Kaylee helping with the editing and some business stuff you know you were making the content right you were writing the stuff posting it on the website you were doing interviews with golf course architects and posting those on the fried egg podcast feed great audio um, quality if i might yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that was really excellent early on uh <laughs> <laughs> especially the first couple it's quite something but um i just recently case. found i found episode one. Oh, did you the podcast the, the lost episode one yeah people don't know the uh, friday podcast starts with uh episode two right now which i believe is an interview with jim herman yeah yeah i found episode one you found episode was- one Wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It, I found it in my voice memo. So that it, should... was a, it was a recorded <laughs> voice memo on my phone. That shows you the record, the sophistication of the a audio. Recorded voice memo. Okay. Well, that's going to be a, a Club TFE perk. Clearly, we'll post that uh, on the Club TFE website. Um, but in any case, uh, so that's what it was like early on. You know, really sort of in super indie operation. You were doing your own stuff. You start the shotgun start. How did things change after that? Um, yeah, I, I think Brendan and I had talked a long time. We met, everybody always asks like how we met. We met at, um, you know, this will just tell you like how far, um, golf media has come since then. We met at Blog Cabin, um, long time listeners and followers. Blog Cabin at the 2017 players. (laughs) They, the PGA tour invited, like it was, it was, it was Chris Solomon. Uh, DJ Piowski was at the tour. Uh, Tron Carter uh, of No Laying Up. Those two guys. Kyle Porter. I think. I think Bacon was there. I don't think. No, Bacon wasn't there. Bacon was. I think actually doing like PGA Tour live stuff. Maybe. Oh, was he? Um, okay. Ryan Ballinger from Golf News Net. Um, Brendan from SB Nation. And I God, I think I'm forgetting some people. But they they invited us down for the players, and they had like a rental house for us to stay at in in like the, inside the gates of Panavidra and uh, and Panavidra, and they gave us like the bikes to ride to the course every day. <laughs> so that's where Brendan and I met, and it was like funny because like Brendan, you know, you just hit it off with certain people. Like we were we were the ones that were up to like three a.m at night drinking, you know, thrown back. They dropped off like a truckload of, of Michelob Ultra partner of the tour. And, uh, and we were the ones like up, up, up late drinking, talking golf, like just talking golf. Um, and so that's where it kind of started was like, it all kind of derives from blog cabin where we, we kept talking about like, Hey, you know, it'd be fun to do something. And, and, Brendan and I kind of sat on like, you know, what there isn't right now is like a regular golf show that talks about, you know, at the time, like we were an episode whenever we got an episode done, no laying up was kind of in the same boat. They they had like a, you know, an episode a week and it was a lot of interviews and like, you know, what golf doesn't have is like a, a show that's like a morning show, like yeah, a morning like a radio show. show. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's, where the idea of it started and like i think like one of the things that in general like 
you know, this is what happens on the internet is like people are like, oh, like, you know, I used to get people be like, oh, Andy's just a golf architecture guy. He doesn't know anything about about tour golf. And it's like I write about it three times a week in the newsletter. You know, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, because there are different audiences for the fried egg. This is one of the yeah. things that I've discovered. There are people who kind of run the gamut and consume the newsletter as well as the podcast, as well as the website, et cetera. But then there are also some of these micro audiences, you know, mm-hmm. like even people who just follow our Instagram feed and don't yeah. do anything else. Or there's people that just listen to the pod or right. people that just listen, just read the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's all over the board. Um, but anyway, so we I, we started that and, and the idea was around like, hey, this can be like a quick update of what's going on in golf. And like, it obviously changed. It's like everything. And like, this is like, I guess like one of the things with the membership that I'm most excited about, like, I, I think like this is an entrepreneurial take and, and something that like you, when you're a smaller company that you have the benefit of, but like what I kind of have like really learned from this experience is like when you start something, you can have like, all of the stuff laid out of exactly how it's going to go the first six months and none of it is it's going to change so much and it's going to evolve in in so much in front of your eyes and i think that's the thing i'm kind of most proud of of with with the fried egg and the shotgun start is like what the original idea was and what it became you know mm-hmm. it, you know it became so much more than what that original vision was which was almost small-minded um and i think like you know the shotgun start uh yeah, we started that and and then like, I mean it added a lot. It was a lot of work. Things got crazy <laughs> for you. Yeah. yeah. You're doing that like, three times a week. It was a lot more thinking about and following PGA Tour too because although you were writing the newsletter about it, there's a whole other level of, you know, kind of engagement that you have to put out if you're going to have three times a week of talking about joking about the PGA Tour and related tours. Yeah, so that that changed everything. Then you came on, like you know, that's kind of like when it just it gave us it it, it made us multi dimensional more so, right? Mm-hmm. So it was uh it was it was kind of a that was a moment where we were you know we became more than just like golf architecture guys, even though the newsletter was 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 there um as as a you know we always were covering PGA Tour golf. Yeah. So right. So fast forward to today, we're three years on from the time we were talking about from from when you started the shotgun start. We're four years on from that point, actually. Yeah. Um, I keep I keep thinking that it hasn't been as much time as it has been. But, um, you know, we're a company of six now. You know, we've we've grown a lot. Uh, we have me and you. Brendan Porath came on full time earlier this year. Cameron Hurtis, we hired toward the end of last year. We've had Will, Will Knights. Knights with us since, uh, yeah, Will Knights with us since early 2020. I mean, Will um, was Will was a early writer. You know, he, he started yes. writing for us way back, even before you. He he was he yeah exactly. Uh, you and Will linked up before you and I were working together, and he started writing the newsletter basically on your behalf when when your time got consumed elsewhere. So. Uh, so Will's been with us for a while and with us full time since basically right when the pandemic hit. That was an interesting period in, in the company's history that we don't need to go into. 
Um, we also have Meg Atkins working for us on a part-time basis, though it seems like she does as much work as any of the rest of us, at least. Um, and so it's it's a great team. I, I, I love working uh, with these people. It's been such a delight. Um, but we are looking to change and expand and do more. And so as you're kind of looking toward the future, what are some of the things that you're most jazzed about going forward? What What's kind of getting you going, thinking like about what this company could be? Yeah, I I think we've hit a few places where people are super passionate about, but what excites me about the game of golf is that there are so many angles to the sport um, that make people geek out and nerd out. And right now I think you know, we've hit on courses and travel and, and the, and the p- competitive aspect of it, the PGA tour stuff. But, you know, the beauty of, of the game is there's so many other angles that we haven't really explored. And, and I'm, you know, what I'm confident about is like, we, we're going to explore different angles of the game in our own unique way. And that's what we'll, we'll continue to do. And we'll find people that can, um, that can help us do that. And, and that's, you know, when I when I think about what what it can become is is I just I believe that we can become a spot that like if you're interested in the game and what I always think about is like we want to be a place that deepens people's affinity and and love for the game of golf and makes them think about different things a little bit maybe a little differently and you know some of the most um, rewarding messages that I've ever I've ever gotten is like you know a lot of people have sent me messages that are like, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about golf architecture. And I'm even crazier about this game that I, than I thought I could be when I, I thought I loved it as much as I could. And I think that's the, you know, what we want to do for the game on, on a lot of different levels. And, you know, so that's, that's kind of the goal is like, it's not, you know, it's, it's to become, it's to continue to, provide more and more content that make people think about and, and love the game more. The the beauty of golf is that there's so many different ways to do that. So many different avenues that you can take to do a real deep dive uh, or become a nerd about there's such an array of those opportunities in golf. I think it's pretty unique among sports in that sense. And yeah, club TFE is kind of the, kind of the next step there. All right. Well, I think we can wrap up there, Andy. Um, we should probably give people, remind people of where they can go to find more information and to sign up, right? Yeah. You can go to the website, thefriedag.com. Um, it'll be right on the front page. You won't be able to miss it. Um, if you, if you subscribe to the newsletter, there'll be something, uh, that you get Tuesday from the newsletter. And, um, yeah, we hope to see you in the club and, uh, and, and thank you to everybody for all the support through the years. Um, whether, you know, whether you join or not, uh, I, we hope you keep listening and, and every listener matters. And I can't believe that been able to do thus far and, and all of that goes to people supporting us by just listening. So thank you to everybody. This episode of the Fried Egg Podcast was edited by Meg Atkins. Thank you, as always, to Meg. Um, We've done enough talking about what you can do to sign up for Club TFE and the membership, etc. So I'll just stop with a thank you to our listeners. 
and we'll see you again soon with a more traditional type episode of the Friday podcast. <laughs>